Hello and welcome to this all-new episode of Poetry Spoken Here. I am producer and technical director Jack Rossiter-Munley. And very quickly before we get into the episode, I just wanted to mention as always that Poetry Spoken Here is produced by Cardboard Box Productions Incorporated, a small digital production company making podcasts about poetry, literature, and cultural history. You can find out more about Poetry Spoken Here and all of the other Cardboard Box Productions podcasts at cardboardboxproductionsinc.com. And, most excitingly, Cardboard Box Productions also has a newsletter called Unboxed that you can subscribe to, and that's a great place to get more information about the poets and writers featured on Poetry Spoken Here, and the people, poems, and subjects featured on all of the other Cardboard Box shows. So again, that's the newsletter Unboxed that you can subscribe to from CardboardBoxProductionsInc.com. On with the show. I'm Charlie Rossiter, and this is Poetry Spoken Here. Our feature today is Raul Sanchez from the west coast of the U.S. In fact, he is the Poet Laureate of Redmond, Washington. His second book has recently been released from Flower Song Press. It's When There Were No Borders. Now, here's what he says about himself on his website. My objective is to embrace my roots, my culture, my family, and my purpose, which is teaching, mentoring, sharing with youth what I've learned about poetry over the years. I sometimes include Nahuatl language, the language of my ancestors, the language I inherited, the language I speak, where I live. And Raul's a friend of a friend, uh, Carlos Compion, Chicago poet, and uh, Carlos invited me to check out a Zoom reading just very recently, and I heard Raul read and immediately had the idea he should be here on Poetry Spoken Here. So, Raul, welcome to the show. And I'm very happy to be here with you. And uh, do you, have you have you done any particular uh, special events being the Poet Laureate there of uh, Redmond? Yes, the there is. Yeah, despite the COVID, there were several that uh, I had to create. One of them was... Since I, my perp, I wanted to work with the seniors, I wanted to work with the youth, I wanted to go to the schools because of COVID, that would stop. So the only easiest way that I could do something for them and with them was I made little zines and we put them in the lunch bags for the seniors when they go to pick up their lunches at, the, at City Hall. And they loved them because I heard the feedback from the organizer at the senior center saying that the seniors just loved it. They were laughing and carrying on and telling stories from the past or how funny is this or even why is this in here? What it... So it created a space for conversation among themselves, even though I wasn't there, but I prompted it. Yeah. I'm the one that threw the, the little hook in the water and everybody swarmed into <laughs> to the to the little stories in there. I organized other Zoom um, readings with the youth and with other laureates from the country. And uh, I gathered the other previous laureates of the city. Uh, I've, done a, I've done a video for the Redmond Historical Society, another one for the importance of art for the city. Just a number of things, a silent video with uh, just uh, words on the screen, no sound. So uh -huh. it was interesting to, 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 to see that. 
I had them, uh, I made two palm in your pocket cards for last year and this year. And they, which, which with, with a little poem that I wrote about the situation yeah. and especially the one about COVID. And lately I had them upon the re release of my new book. I had them, I asked if, if I could get bookmarks done and um, we got them oh, done. I got the cool. art from, yeah. from an artist there in uh, Redmond. She, she asked me, why do you like that? piece as well because I so said I don't know if you see it but uh, it is to me it looks like a mask we're uh -huh. still in COVID times up above you can see a little bit of the hair of the person and then on the bottom those three dots which I didn't even realize that they were there and then somebody said well that represents COVID right I said uh, yeah because I didn't realize that at the moment Sure. and, then, and in the back there is a short little poem uh, it's titled Alive and Well it's, it's gonna share it Sure, yes. Okay, alive and well. In the beginning, I drove out through the city. I saw people leaning on windows on each other in their living rooms. I drove around wasting time, hoping to see someone, anyone. At Anderson Park, I saw a lone man sitting on the grass, staring at the brown leaf falling like swirls of snow in the night. I tried to say something, but the words muffled under my mask. I listened to the Russian river, became responsive to the wind, pleased to witness the communion of river and lake, Redmond's treasure, treasures and original relevance. From here, we speak. So that's a little point for the CD yeah. in the back of the bookmark. That's a great idea. So Thank yes, you, uh, the, I, um, it's yeah. so good to hear uh, different ways of putting poetry out there. It's nice to put poetry on buses, but it's been done a lot of times. So putting it in a lunch bag or on a bookmark like that is just really great. And I'm sure people are surprised and delighted uh, when they encounter these poems. Oh, they were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I ask you, uh, you asked me if I had a theme or anything I'd like you to address. And my answer was no, <laughs> that you can just read whatever you feel like it. You can have a theme for what you do today for the couple of poems you're going to read or just give us a sampling of what you do. And so sure. why don't we just, just start anywhere you want to start and take it anywhere you want to take it. Okay. So I'm going to share four poems and uh, three are from the new book when there were no borders and the one by request that I haven't read, that'll be the second one. So first let's begin with my tongue. My tongue retains the roaring sound of rivers of the earth after the rain falling over leaves, branches, and flowers. My tongue is stained with the juice of sweet pitayas, red, delicious, grown under Tonatiuh's rays, our father's son. My tongue reveres nature and all living beings, mountains, rivers, oceans, night and day. My tongue wears quetzal feathers, mystical birds from the Mayan paradise. My tongue is impregnated with Kalpuli, Tonali, Xochitl, Xochipili, Miklantecutli, Cuauhtémoc, Moctezuma, Quetzalcoatl, Tomatl, Centeotl. My tongue speaks of temples, demigods, copal, flowers, medicinal plants, jade masks, golden pectorals, obsidian stones, volcanoes, and blood. My ancient tongue speaks Zapotec, Nahuatl, Purepecha, Tzotzil, Otomi, Chamula, Mayan, Tarahumara, my tongue is my identity, the connection to my people, my roots, my culture. 
My language is from the earth, from the heavens, from my soul. My tongue speaks, my soul feels the breath of the earth, the sound of the wind, Ehekatl, my tongue, my language, my culture, and pride. So that's that one. If I was asked to trans translate this one to Spanish to be used uh, this Saturday for a fundraiser for the immigrant um, um, uh, placement uh, called Casa Latina, where they offer jobs to the domestic workers and the immigrants. So they, they are my people. I, well, I want to ask you yes. something. Back, back, back many episodes ago, I asked my friend uh, Gregorio Gomez how uh, what thought processes he goes through when he's writing a poem and he's deciding how much that's not English will be in the poem. I don't know if you could articulate that decision process, but I just find it interesting to see what people say about that. Yeah, well, I, I, I like to mix a few words here and there. Uh, I, uh, someone told me once, uh, his name is uh, Paul Nelson here in Seattle. Years ago, he says, uh, he says, I like to listen to you because when I, when you, when I listen to you reading your, your work, he says, I feel like um, you are, are driving us. You're in the, in the driver's seat and we're all sitting in the back on the side with you. And then uh, we're going, driving, going along forward. And suddenly you make a sharp turn to the right. And then you make a sharp turn to the left. And you keep going straight. You make another sharp turn, another sharp turn. He says, but the beauty of it is it, it, you got us a little out of the, our seats, but you never lost us. I said, that's my purpose. Thank you. So I really like that because it is that way. I try not to lose the my audience by saying something related to that word that is unfamiliar to them mm. in the next line or something elusive to it. So sure. it can be there, but as long as it's not just, you know, left open for mm -hmm. uh, questioning or conversations, what does that mean? So yeah. that way, keep the, the listener and the reader informed by looking at the next line. So yes, it could be all 100% English or it could be 90-10 or 70-30. Sometimes it's 50-50. And at times it could be all in Spanish, but maybe two words in English because that's the nature of it. <laughs> so it could be a, 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 a variety, a, a yeah, variation okay. of that. It, and it all works because in my, my audience, they, they know what I'm talking about. Uh, so next, I can. This point came from uh, my first book, All Our Brown Skin Angels, published by Moonpad Press in 2012. <laughs> Max, I can. Be all you can be, yes, say. Shiny shoes, baggy pants, buttoned up shirt, bandana on my head, standing on the corner, looking, watching, thinking. Brown skin, familia, mixed blood, mestizo, Chicano, Latino, mi tierra, here, there, over there. We are here. We have been here. We're not going anywhere, I say. La línea, jumping, running towards the promised land. Wet brow, sweat, the hard labor of dignity and pride. When we work the land, sun, rain, fertile thoughts of freedom, to live, to love, to grow, cruising life, bajito y suavecito, taking the bumps slow and easy. My familia migrated north before borders and chain link fences, feelings, political defenses, green cards, racial profiles. My familia severed. Mexico lindo, Sacramento adorado, en Texas te dejo mi corazón mojado. A river runs through your drowning, our hopes, 
y su esperanza. American dream, impossible dream. Label me not for I won't live on dreaming. Stereotype, in the box, shout out of prejudice. I am what, what you cannot see behind the rags, beyond the skin color, brown, brown as the earth I'm standing on. What I have, I have earned with dignity. I have earned your respect because I am Mex, I can. Yeah, well said, well said. I love that poem. You read it by request at the reading where I met you on Zoom. Yes, uh, yeah, I, I, I like that poem. One time I had a, an introduction of a, an accordion riff by uh, Los Lobos at the beginning of the, the that reading. Whoa. And then I delivered that poem. And it was very intense. People people loved it. Because that's I like to combine music. It, somehow it, it gives a different uh, emphasis to the words. Not that they had to be behind me as I'm talking, mm -hmm. but just in the beginning, maybe at the end, just like a, a resounding... Ah, like um, the end of uh, Beethoven's Emperor Concerto Number Five, right at the very end, all the crescendo comes up. Okay, uh, next I'm going to share the title of the book when there were no borders, which uh, came from a conversation with uh, our former U.S. poet laureate Juan Felipe Herrera, U.S. U.S. poet laureate emeritus, mm -hmm. uh, the Richard Hill House on November twenty second, two thousand nineteen. We talked about quelites, watercress, and herbs, good for the body and mind, and the memories embedded in the fibers of acosiles, esquites, elotes, and all that we left behind. Not a coincidence, but a cultural fact. When we learned that nuestros abuelos, padres, tíos y primos crossed la línea to harvest, to harvest the land, from the Yuma fields to Larry's groves, Louisiana cotton, Cattle and horses, Colorado, Idaho, Nevada farms. They worked the season and then went back before snow and frost covered the ground. Too cold in El Norte, heading south to sun land. We agreed that in, in aquel entonces, back then, cuando no había fronteras, when there were no borders, they crossed, worked, and went back. That's it. Back then, we were not shadows. Now we walked through the shadows. History has been forgotten. What was dignified then is now a criminal act. A death sentence equals the desire to live, to be free, to be happy, to speak their mind. We belong to this ancestral land. And, and, and you know, Charlie, the more I read this poem, everything I see, keep seeing at the border yeah. is just so painful. You know, they're human beings, they're not insects, yeah. they're not bugs, they're not, but yeah. what can we say? We're not in control of any of those things, unfortunately. I was, I was wondering, I thought of this earlier, I want to be sure to remember to ask, uh, what, do you, what kind of things do you tell students about language? I'll leave I tell it number, number Number one, I, first we begin with, uh, one exercise I'd like to do with them to see where they're at is, I like to use the John L. Alliance poem, where I'm from, so they can, I give them a template and then they fill it in. Some of them are very creative and really they want to share. Other ones have a hard time thinking. But uh, I tell them that uh, it doesn't matter what language you use, how, how you identify yourself as. The point is that 
you have to use the, the, the roots that the, the tools that you have learned from your parents, whether it is customs, language, or uh, other activities that are elusive to that background. So if they say, well, um, I do not know how to use my language too well, I said, well, look, number one, if you your parents are from Mexico, you're still, you can consider yourself a Mexican, even though you were born in the US. So you are in essence, you qualify as a Chicano person, but you are a person from a different identity. So the language is very important to use, I said, because sooner or later, people are gonna look at the color of your skin. They may think that either you don't speak English or that you only speak Spanish, one or the other. Or maybe if you surprise them with both or more languages, you will be farther ahead than other people. So then they get encouraged to use what they know and they use it in the best way they can. I tell them when we're gonna write, don't worry about any form, nothing, the, uh, the grammar, don't worry, just go. And then we do it, and so I'll help you find the poetry in there later. So after the re revising and editing, they see that their work actually means something. And that's so satisfying, Charlie, because I can see their smile on their faces, and their eyes just gleaming. They say, oh, yeah. they, they created something out of something that they were afraid of, that they're proud of. So language comes into play a lot. And I tell them to use it profusely. Would you want to use only English? Okay. How about if we put a little Spanish? Oh, okay. So they're comfortable. I don't like to push them. I let them just, just flourish by themselves. So start with yourself and do what's natural. Yes. I guess something like that. Yeah. 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 In a nutshell. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's good. All right. So this next poem is uh, titled My Gay Spanish. It's a little more into the, <clears throat> in, in the style of uh, precisely Marty Matz, because I wrote it after Marty Matz, one of the last beat poets. He passed away in 2001, and um, there's a lot of uh, interesting images in here. None of them are obscene, of course, because I don't use foul language. My gay spines. Pot smoking poet immersed in pipe dreams found on the outskirts of dusty roads, climbing hills dressed in yellow leaves with rattlesnake breath. An elephant dreams. The green cocoons become butterflies released by the seashore. Where the shaman puts the jigsaw puzzle piece back in the black hole we call sky. The monsoons, the monsoons, the monsoons, living water to dampen the quickest spirit, bring down the highest mind. Thunderbird glyphs etched on bones. Let those dreams swing wrapped in hammocks. Gardenia fragrance, too sweet for the tiger's claws. Alchemy of love stretched on butterfly jaws. Hey lady, bring your ivory towers, plant your roots next to the copulating earthworms by the temple doors. Please unravel your cosmic eyes. Let them cascade down your shoulders to your lovely hips. My pendulum grows and glows from heart to ear. Please ease my clock's inner frenzy. I am hanging on the tips of my gay spines where the skulls are pale, transfixed by the sunlight and the spinning mirrors, the rancid stench of putrid, putrid lives under the gray sky, Mexico's dirt and grime, unexplored madness. Only the stoplight clowns know where to find. Madness lurks and howls, cloying thoughts, 
waiting for the green hummingbirds to break the purple dawn and taste the sugar mountains of the unknown along with the stones below. Yeah, yeah, a lot of vivid images in there. You're right. And uh, Marty, uh, he used to, he traveled Mexico's empty roads moving backwards in time to find Coca-Cola, uh, Singer sewing machines and pool tables. And he called them the unholy trinity. And Marty <laughs> dedicated poems to all he knew. And I got one for him as well. Oh, wonderful. So we got time for you to do another one if you'd like. No, this is only, this is where the Spanish doesn't come into play. But uh, it is a poem that I brought in to a workshop with David Wagoneer here in Seattle, who is mm -hmm. still alive, but he's just very, you know, just aging. And I was a little afraid <clears throat> or concerned or just thinking, well, all of these white people here, I'm the only dark-skinned dark person. Well, lo and behold, he began with me. He says, okay, Mr. Sanchez, let's see what you got. So I gave him this poem and ever since he saw it, they, I, they, I might have done a couple of changes, but very minor. And he loved it, he elaborated on it. And here he goes, the shelter of your chest. Guard my backside from the thin knives of their dreary eyes. Guard me between azaleas and marigolds. Guard me between wood and musk in your misty meadow. Guard me between the roots of cedar and maple in your snow-covered mountains. Guard me burrowed in the wet sand ocean waves brush. Guard me between twilight and the early light, between mist and rain, thunder and storm in the rainbow. Guard me between azure and purple Guard me between the sheets of your bed, tucked in like bald socks. Guard me from disdain. Guard me. Guard me inside, outside, over, under, beside your chest. Let us guard each other with a fallible. Keep the torchlight on. Raise your red rose. I am your warrior. And... Uh, David liked it because he said, this, uh, you don't know who's talking here, mm -hmm. male, female, and the use of the word garmi, which is, he says, very uncommon because of the Latin roots. And I thought, well, that's where I come in. I'm using oh. my Latin roots uh, to guard something, to you know protect. Mm -hmm. But we, we don't use the word guard that much unless you're talking about bumpers on the corners, yeah. Yeah, bumper guards. Right. So I was very pleased, and like I said, I changed, I tweaked it a couple of times, but very, very simple little things. And it's lived, it's been published uh, three times now, and uh, here it is in my new, newest book. So just a variety. So no, no, no Spanish, only the, the Latin influence on some of the words that right. David pointed out. So it's a different way of using the language from the roots up instead of from what I know down uh -huh. to uh, the application that I want to use it for. Yeah, that's so many things we know that we we don't know that we know. Yes, and it exactly. might come out, and it comes out in a poem before you think about it. You've written it down and go, "Oh, how about that?" Yes, <laughs> and you True. say, "Oh, uh, good move." Yeah, do you uh, do you have any particular approach to writing poems? I mean, do you write a, a lot, or like every day, or uh, revise very much? You know, anything like that, just out of curiosity. Everyone's so different. Yes. Um, for the most part, I try to write a little something, you know, either on my notebook, which I have over here, 
everywhere I go, you know, I, I, I like yep. to bring a little notepad because there's something that I may miss. And I just jot it down and maybe I and I refer to it later on to see what I can use from it. Yeah. I'm with you. Yep, right here. And um, or maybe there is something that is um, that it uh, made an impression on me and I don't want to forget it. So I had uh, I write it. I write it down. At times I may have had a, a, a remembrance or some old memory that keeps coming back. So I had to write about it. So that way I know that yeah. it's present and there is something about it that I need to explore. So, you know, with all these subconscious reminders that uh, come upon, our brains yeah. come upon every now and then. And I save them and then I have a stack of, uh, of working pro progress, just sure. notes. So, and then eventually <clears throat> when I get serious, I read them and I see, try to pull out the best lines and I put them on the computer and I just leave, leave them there. Just uh, lines, uh, just like good old wine sitting on the barrel. And then eventually I go back and see what I can use or remember a poem that I wrote about something by somebody somewhere that I had to find it because I know that's exactly what I need. So then I edit, revise and save it. Yeah. I try to read it in public if I can. Well, lately, you know, there's not too many open mics anywhere, yeah. but I read it in public and that's how I test it. See people, you know, depending on the, the reaction of the audience, yeah. then I know if it is working or not. Then I might share it with somebody else, another poet, to see what the, their opinion may be about. And that's when the real, uh, that's when it gets serious, because then I start yeah. to debate with myself, but I want to keep it or I want to keep Lorna Lisa Ranta to sit on the workshop. When, when in doubt, just cut it out. Put it aside. <laughs> Don't throw it away. Yeah. Just put it aside. See how it looks. But if you're so attached that you want to keep it in there, then it's entirely up to you, she said. <laughs> and I value that too, because the, I had to listen to the people who are way ahead of me, because they know I'm yeah. still learning. <laughs> well, that, that one thing you said, I think is a really interesting idea that I believe in. You said if, if you keep like a memory comes back, something keeps coming back. And I think what, what I call it, that's you notice that you're noticing. And you say, well, why am I noticing that? Why is that? What, what's with this and right. you write it down and you just ponder it or come back to it later but the first thing is is catching yourself that your mind is paying attention to some something or other a memory or whatever it might be yeah true yeah. Uh, in fact the other night i uh, two nights ago i lost uh, i lost my sleep and i wrote so i got up but it was from 2 30 and uh in the morning, so I'm rolling in bed, put my ear headphones on, the earphones on to listen to the radio classical music. It, it didn't work. So 3.30, I got up. I went to the kitchen and just so groggy, I started writing what I thought I was aiming to in my dream or my attempt to go to that dark, comfortable, cool place where I can go to sleep, you know, rest my mind. But uh, I didn't reach it, so I wrote about it. And it's on a piece of paper right yeah. here. <laughs> So yeah, oh, I had to catch those things. Otherwise they'll fizzle away and I'll never know what, what happened. Right. Well, thanks a lot for being here. It's been really, really, really enjoyable to talk to you and hear, hear more of your poetry. Well, thank you, Charlie. I really enjoyed it. Folks, you're listening to Poetry Spoken Here. I am your host, Charlie Rossiter. Our feature, Raul Sanchez, from out there in Washington State on the west coast of the United States. Hope you'll be with us again next time to let poetry speak to you.
You've been listening to Poetry Spoken Here. I'm Charlie Rossiter, inviting you to join us again next time to let poetry speak to you. Music for today's program was written and performed by Jack Rossiter Mundley. And remember, Poetry Spoken Here is more than a podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash poetry spoken here. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash poetry spoken here. For more about today's show and other Poetry Spoken Here podcasts, as well as our blog, just visit our website, poetryspokenhere.com. If you'd like to submit suggestions of poets or topics for future podcasts, you can send to our email address, poetryspokenhere at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs>